Welcome to a podcast. I'm Mitchell Regan, and with me as always, traveling through space and time, Teresa Stoddard. Hey guys. Hey Teresa, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good. And through the magic of time and space, we are back where we were to begin with. And if you've listened to our very, very, very extensive and long Doctor Who preview pod, you are back with us yet again. Are you okay? Discussing. You need a friend? I'm fine. No, I'm just joking that it's their back again already. Uh, Maybe they're listening with their friends. Um, well, we hope that Hello, friends. our listeners are our friends. Um, so if you listen to our very long Dr. Preview pod, hopefully you are ready uh, for these three specials. So the show premiered yesterday on BBC for Dr. Who and the Star Beast. This is what the first one was called. Um... It also premiered for the very first time on Disney+. Plus. It starred uh, David Tennant coming back in as the 14th iteration of The Doctor. If you, again, followed us or watching the show, you remember he was the 10th Doctor. Now, interestingly enough, the 14th Doctor is supposed to be different than the 10th Doctor, even though it's the same character playing, same actor playing. I don't know if you know. There was a little bit of a difference. uh, Which we'll get into. It also stars Catherine uh, Catherine Tate, recomprising her role as Donna Noble. Uh, Yasmin Finney as Donna Noble's daughter, Rose. Um, Also, the amazing Carrie Collins, who plays uh, Donna's husband, Sean Temple. What's that? He had the goats. Um, also has, uh, Ru- uh, Shirley Ann Bingham, who plays Ruth Madley, who is one of, or the, uh, unit scientist. Um, also back again is, uh, Jacqueline King, who plays Sylvia Noble. Uh, we also have voicing, um, the Meep. The legendary Miriam Margolis, who has been in literally everything, but you might recognize her mostly from her role on Harry Potter as uh, Professor. What was her name? Yes, that's exactly who she played. Reminder, this is a J.K. Rowling hate podcast. Well, the actually wonderful thing about the great story about Harry Potter and its movies that uh, followed it is that it was actually written by nobody. It just came into the universe. <laughs> yes, it's written by nobody. You didn't know that? Um. So, oh no, sorry. She was not that's why I was double checking. It was not Trelawney. She she played Professor Sprout. So why did you agree with me? <laughs> I was wrong. I was wrong. I thought it was, but I just double checked. I was so convincing that you're like, you know what? You're right. Uh this one brings back showrunner who originally brought the show back after the just uh Russell T. Davies. And um, director uh, Rachel Talley, who last directed the final episodes of Capaldi's run. It also brings back um, the wonderful composer that you really could tell a difference in uh, already from the title sequence alone with uh, Murray Gold coming back. And uh, there's a new theme, there's a new title sequence. Let's start there. So, uh, what did you think of the opening title sequence? Very wibbly, wibbly, timey, wimey. I love that they were, it was very spirally, and it was very, like, in the clouds, but, like, 
they're definitely space clouds, not like just like Earth clouds. Well, it's really cool because I feel like the original conception of when they came back and they had the really boring one where the TARDIS is going through the time vortex. I feel like that this was like a three-dimensional representation of what that original plan was supposed to be, where you could kind of seeing it like surfing the time stream, the TARDIS I'm talking about. Um, Sexy? Yeah. Um, again, that'll make more sense if you listen to our preview pod, but if you haven't listened to our preview pod, I don't want you are here to begin with. Uh, unless, of course, this is your very first episode of Doctor Who, and if it's episode of us, um, congratulations. congratulations, you are in luck. Uh, again, uh, we are a podcast that um, deals with all things pop culture, talking about the movies, television shows, and books that we are passionate about, and uh, we have all the time in the world for Doctor Who. Um, even if some of the criticism is it is woke Doctor Who, to which I respond, thank God. <laughs> um, so, we start from the opening title sequence to... I.e. it is woke, trans people exist. Yeah, well, you know some people are so sensitive to snowflakes. Um, to Tenet stepping out of the TARDIS. His hair. <laughs> Uh, but before that, we're treated to a very odd choose-your-own-fighter screen of the Doctor standing there and give us a lot of, hey, remember season four of Doctor Who? Wasn't it cool? I was hoping he would go see his angel friend. Which was he again? In Good Omens. Oh yeah, Zerifel. Oh, yeah. Bring back Michael Sheen and the Doctor. Um, yeah, it kind of looked like one of those scenes that's funny. I love all of the, um, social media reaction to, uh, it's mostly been positive, which we'll talk a little bit more about later, but a lot of the screen grabs form from all that information dump at the beginning, uh, featured all sorts of things from a choose your own fighter, um, versus mode game to, uh, customize your RPG character. I have just two words to say to sum up the episode. Go on. The meep. The meep. Well, we'll get to the meep, I promise. And we need to get to the meep of it. Oh, Jesus. Okay, we will after that. <laughs> um, so, from that, we get uh, the doctor stepping out into. Uh, Camden, uh, England, they filmed that on location. He steps out and then he helps this woman with um, a bunch of moving boxes or a bunch of boxes. Um, I guess it's stuff for Rose's yes. business. Um, and of course, who he sees, the first person that he sees outside the TARDIS is... Dr. Donna! Donna Noble, to which he hilariously puts the boxes right back up again. <laughs> um, obviously, I know I should have given this earlier, but if you haven't seen the episode, this is a podcast about the episode, so we're going to spoil everything about Doctor Who from from since its inception, in, inception to now. From its conception. Yes, all the way through now. With the reception. And there's Inception. All of those things. So, um, then, of course, because Doctor Who, about two seconds later, spaceship. <laughs> Boom. Crash landing in London. And then your favorite kid that you care about a lot. Well, we haven't gotten there yet. We'll get there. Um, that is one of my few critiques about this episode. Um, so, Bishop crash lands, but before we do that, Donna calls out the one name that David Tennant will have all the time in the world to look terrified and concerned about, and that is Rose. 
The look on his face. Oh my god, yeah. It was so amazing. What? What? Um, so we find out Rose is Donna's daughter. And um, we find out later that that's a name that she chose for herself. Um, which is beautiful once we figure out the full extent of that. Um, and then quickly, uh, doctor goes into doctor mode. We got to figure out what's going on. Why did the spaceship crash land? So then we quickly meet Sean Noble, who is so good, amazing. He is the goat. husband goals. Um, he is ride or die. He's been the, and he's got the taxi to prove it. Um, the uh, doctor already back to his old ways goes all on Z, and they're off to go see the crash sites. Uh, something that is a little bit different about this doctor is it's a little bit more. The first time we saw it, you kind of said like a little bit more like spy. Um, like a good way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, production value is through the roof. Yeah, it's Doctor Who money, with money, Disney money. money. It's great. I love to see it. And um, Hello Universe. I really want to ride. Yeah, put that in too. Now they did have the Doctor Who experience in Cardiff, Wales, a long time ago, and I think it's been shut down. But it would be really cool. Uh, and one of the things that we'll talk about later on is some of the implications and the future of what Doctor Who might look like, especially with Disney's influence. Um, but so we get the Doctor and we get a new Sonic. And this Sonic is awesome. It is able to like conjure these boxes or these like little tablets. And be able to like analyze things. Like cubes. Eventually, it'll be able to use be used as like defense against bullets. So bullet it it conjures things that have been there. It's almost close to like having a Your wand. Chase was what? So cool. Uh, here at the the site, we also meet um really cool character. I hope that they continue using her. Ruth Badley, who is um, wheelchair-bound, but that doesn't stop her from being an amazing scientist who automatically knows that he's the doctor. Uh, here we also get the whole information dump that uh, the doctor's obviously concerned about what happens when Donna figures out who he is, which again, if you weren't aware, um, you know, her brain will explode and she will die. So, you know, kind yeah, of not the best. an issue. And then we're back with Donna's family, to which we meet the ever-so-wonderful The Meep. The Meep! The Meep is so cute. Why don't I already have every The Meep toy? I want the interactive Furby Meep. I love The Meep! So, with um, The Meep in tow, the doctor realizes where uh, the Meep has gone to, and um, he is off to hang out with the nobles. Um, we find out that um, in this process that um, Donna Noble's daughter, I'm trying to say this like in the most delicate way, maybe you can help me out with this. Um, has was not biologically born. Oh, she's trans. As her daughter, yes. And so, like, she hey, unfortunately Mab, assigned male at birth. Yes, thank you. A woman, and I don't want to skip ahead. But I'm gonna skip ahead. Oh, will I? Who knows? It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's really beautiful the way that they handle her storyline, um, which we'll obviously get back to. Uh, but she gets teased by some of the neighborhood boys. Unfortunately, I mean, it's just a reflection of our own society. But, uh, what's beautiful is, I think, one of the just amazing 
sentiments of the episode and the writing and the acting is how much Donna has embraced her daughter and the decision and the conversation that Donna has with her mother uh, regarding that. Because I also feel like Donna's mother, Sylvia, is also trying her best to also, like, not that anyone has to come to terms, but to make sure that they are using proper pronouns, to make sure that, you know, like, they are being as accepting as possible. And to the extent where Donna even says that sometimes it's difficult. So I think that's a really important message. And knowing that, obviously, Russell T. Davies... And I love that none of her family blinks an eye at it. They right. don't care. They don't care. But they do care only in the extent that they want to get it right. Yeah. Which is, again, just beautiful. Like, to think that this would be a show on Disney+, Plus, yeah. which also, you know... Um, yeah, like, I, I think it's wonderful, uh, to have that level of acceptance and also representation. So again, so a few neckbeards yelling too woke, like that's just a stamp of a good show to be <laughs> Well, uh, we'll get into some of the criticisms, which have been very, very few. Um, and honestly, has the comment section been fine this time? <laughs> I mean, it's your usual, what yeah. you would imagine. Um, but so we get the meep, and then we get the doctor, and then just the the chemistry. It cannot be said the the chemistry between David Tennant and Catherine Tate. It's like they never left. Like it, it it's it is yeah. so beautiful. Like, those are besties. Um, and also, like, I know there was such anticipation for this. There was such, um, like, because honestly, the way her story ended sucked. Yeah. Uh, Russell T. Davis has even said, I think, I don't know, now I'm going to skip ahead. I think one <laughs> of the things that the doctor says towards the very end about the experience, about he remembered her. Uh, this is Donna. He remembered Donna, and he also um, loved every single moment, but he never could get it out of his mind. It killed him, it killed him, it killed him. Mm -hmm. I think that is literally like Russell T. Davies, the writer, the showrunner. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> saying that through David Tennant. Um, so they escape. Um, Donna has all these great one-liners. At one time, calls the Meep a Mad Paddington. A ferret, a space ferret. Space ferrets. <laughs> um, I also love, I missed it, but it's fine, when she tells the doctor that you can only wear skinny suits up until age 35. <laughs> Which is obviously a big joke on, like, how, you know, David has aged since... He last played the doctor. Um, like, beautiful. I mean, it, it's fantastic. I, I love their chemistry together. I love their mad dash through the house um, and then to the car. Uh, the conversation about pronouns, to which the meep says that their pronouns is just the definitive article, which is the meep, which the doctor can definitely understand. <laughs> I'm now going as the Teresa. Um, the Teresa host of a podcast. <laughs> uh, they get to the car, they drive off, and then I think, and maybe what sells the episode and maybe is the most beautiful part, not beautiful part, I should say, the most clever part of the episode is uh, they get to this car park um, where the doctor um, has kind of figured out there's something more going on than just they have to rescue the meep because uh and I skipped over this part but there are two factions looking to hunt the meep there are these soldiers that have been brainwashed by something inside the rocket and then there are um these creatures oh man what are they called in the the creatures 
I think Clock Buddies are time, to be honest. But it's Zorgoth and Yeah, Zrath. Greg. This uh, is not Greg the Egg. <laughs> no, Zor, Zor, Zogroth and uh, Zreg, I think, are the two Zrath, maybe? characters we meet. Um, they're some sort of warrior race. But the thing that's unique about them during this episode is the Doctor realizes that they're not shooting to kill. They're shooting to stun. Um, I will figure out their name. I promise you. <laughs> um, anyway. More importantly, to the um, show, uh, they realize that the meat was evil all along. You can't convince me that the meat is evil. The meat is evil. Oh my gosh, but all no. All handle the meat. Did you hear, though, what happened to the meat? And then they became evil. Oh, the fact that the sun was, like, psychedelic? Yeah, and it turned them... They're not just bad. Oh, it was so cute. Yeah. But he's also, like, supposed to be the, like, most evil of all the meeps. So, I'm willing to bet that, uh, Meeps, not great. They're they're called the Wrath Warriors. That's the name of the the, the race. It was driving me crazy, like the number. Uh, which they look kind of bug eyed, with one hand that looks like a shark. Yeah, the shark robot. Yeah. Um, very interesting design. Kind of cool. A little retro. Definitely people in suits instead of just CGI. Which is so great to see Doctor Who always do going for practical effect when they can. Um, so we find out that the Meep is evil. Uh, kills the two Wrath Warriors. And then we find out that they're the one, that the Meep is the one controlling all of the soldiers, the unit soldiers. Uh, we're brought back to the ship. Um, so that the Meep can escape. But in doing so, would destroy like nine million people in the city of London because it's Doctor Who. Um, while being captured, um, we also find out. Uh, uh, sorry, Donna is slowly realizing who the Doctor is, and I think one of the the the, the best parts of the episode when she goes <laughs> to help the Doctor. She tells her family, like, hey, I got to go help the doctor, which he had not named himself until then. So subconsciously, we could tell. Um, and then uh, in the midst of stopping the ship, the doctor, Donna, like, there's only one way to really fix this, and that is to kill you. And so we get this great emotional scene between David Tennant and um, Catherine Tate because he he's, he wants another way to, for it to be because he knows that it will kill her if he um, brings back that energy that um, that specific Dr. Donna energy that's trapped inside her. Mm -hmm. And so he activates it they stop the ship. And you can see that that's a point of growth from the Capaldi part of the Doctor. Because, like, he's right. accepting that that he's going to have to be instrumental in her death. Because Capaldi would not let Clara make that choice. And I don't think he'd let Donna either. Yeah, yeah. But the Doctor... For each other, really. The Doctor really is, like, honors the fact that Donna is making that sacrifice. Because Donna feels like, who am I? I'm just one person. Uh, which is emblematic and very funny because we also find out earlier in the episode that the lottery money that the doctor gives her, you know, that she's 
going to be fine and well off mm-hmm. and don't have to worry about anything. She gives all of it away. And then she finally comes to the realization when that Time Lord part of her comes back that the reason why she did it was she was subconsciously trying to act like the Doctor, which is really fun, the way that <laughs> Catherine Tate delivers that. Um, and then I think perhaps in the most beautiful part of the episode, which I've said so many parts already were beautiful, but all of it's beautiful. after they stop it, you know, Donna seems to have died. Um, all in the wall, they also wonder why David Tennant is back as the Doctor. Why does he have that face? Kind of the same way that Peter Capaldi wondered why. Because they want good ratings. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good reason. That sounds like something I would say. And because, like, they're the two ghosts, like, TBH. Yeah. <laughs> well, Donna wonders if it's to say goodbye, you know, because she is dying. Is dying. But she's not dying. And why is that? Because she's a fucking Time Lord. And she also she's not the only one, though. isn't one person. Right. She was able to split it with her mini me, Rose. So. And she's going binary, binary, binary. And Rose is going non binary, non binary. Said it twice, and that's too woke. Too woke. Oh, shut up. It was beautiful. Love it. Love to see it. And then when. When Rose regenerates for the second time, you can tell that she, all is right with her body. She's in the perfect body for her, and it is the best. And I hope every trans person watches it and feels the euphoria and the just right to belong and be who they are because society's disgusting. Right, and so you are ma- you matter. At the very least, you matter to us. Hundred percent. Um, I'm going to start crying. (laughs) But no, the way they also do it is so wonderful. He explains to her that, he explains to Donna that because of the trait that she carried um, with being the Dr. Donna, she passed it also a part of it onto her daughter. And because the doctor can be a woman, a man, or none of it or even something more than that non-binary um they were able to stabilize that power it didn't kill donna and I they feel like Sean also should get some of it he deserves some of it <laughs> they had <laughs> also some of that might be so cool realized that um because they can let it go let it go they uh no longer have to worry about it. So they let go of that extra energy. And then uh, we finally get to our, our end. So the uh, um, they want to go visit Wealth, who is thankfully, uh, I mean, sadly, he has passed away since then, but he has filmed um, at least a part of these specials. So he will be in it. And Wilf is Donna's grandfather who is just maybe Bernard Cribbins is like amazing. I love him so much. I'm so glad that they're going to have him be a part we of it. We should watch one of his episodes tonight. <laughs> um, That's not like a no. <laughs> yeah, I think I might be a little bit... Uh, Seven! Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so he decides to... Um, no, so they they go to the into the TARDIS. Uh, obviously, Sylvia does not want them to do that, but she's like, "Oh, we'll just pop in, say hello, and then be on the way." Uh, we get a first look at the TARDIS, in which I believe uh, now seeing it the second time in a row that this was just David Tennant's natural reaction to being in a new TARDIS. I feel like he designed that TARDIS. And they were showing his, him his new dream home, and he was just like, yeah! And we had a 51-year-old man acting like a 9-year-old who's gotten a chance to visit the set for the first time as he runs up and down the console um, the room. Um, and then uh, they all <laughs> act very giddy together. It's just like they never left. Like they had coffee. It was so cute. He knows her order. 
a dream. It was very adorable. Until, of course, Donna spills the coffee all over the TARDIS console. And then, Donna obviously... Donna descending. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, what? Um, but, uh, then we get a preview for the next episode. Uh, the next episode is titled The Wild Blue Yonder. There really hasn't been much about it. It looks like the uh, summary looks like the TARDIS takes the Doctor and Donna to the furthest edge of adventure. To escape, they must face the most desperate fight of their lives with the fate of the universe at stake. So, you know, a regular Doctor episode. episode. Um, I will say, just from the previews, there's still a lot of interesting aspects that they need to get to. For example, and I don't know if you know this, but um, there's a certain um, actor that has yet to make themselves present. Um, no. It is not who you would expect it to be. It is the great Neil Patrick Harris is going to be in one of these episodes. Yes. No, he's not. But I mean, non British people have been here before. It is allowed. <laughs> but he's supposed to make an appearance. Obviously, Wilf is going to make an appearance. Bernard Cribbins. Um, Kate Lithbridge-Stewart is supposed to make an appearance at some point. There have been lots of rumors to see if any previous ones, because this is the 60th anniversary specials. So it wouldn't be surprising if we did have a cameo from any of the previous Doctors. My money would honestly be on Jody the most. I would like to see Especially that. as a transition between her and, I mean, uh, uh, David Tennant to uh, Kuti Gatwa. Um, so that would be my prediction. Any other prediction corner stuff? I just hope the Disney World makes a ride. That's my main. Okay. <laughs> like, I just want the ride. Let's the see ride. the ride. The music, like, we're really, we could do it. it. It could be like Thunder Mountain, but like indoors, like Space Mountain, but not as scary because you don't like Space Mountain. But I, I want this. We have the technology. Let's do it. Okay. Perfect. Um, so I want to talk about a little bit of this response, some of the backlash. Um, which I frankly think is stupid, but, um, I would say the, just going through social media, um, like Twitter, um, mostly some, um, also the, oh my God, I forgot the name of the one social media site where lots of videos play a lot, TikTok. Uh, what I've mostly seen is overwhelmingly positive um, aspects of Doctor Who. Well, that's they, because you're on the good side of TikTok. That's true. But I was like, even Twitter. No, there's no good yeah. side of Twitter. It's just all that awful. That is true with Elon's garbage can. Yes. It is. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, what I've mostly seen is the only critique is that the episode was too quote-unquote woke. So let's speak on that for a second. So the only thing about it that would be woke would be the fact that these people, not these people, I would say, the Russell T. Davies and um, David Tennant, Catherine Tate, um, Yasmin Finney, they decide to tell us uh, a beautiful story that is relating to the plot, but they're upset because it has anything to do to tell a trans coming of age story. Are they mad about the meets pronouns? Yes, they also were mad that they had to do that as well. Yeah, that's so funny. How ridiculous are you that you're mad that a Furby's got pronouns? Guess what? You've got pronouns too, bitch. <laughs> um, but it felt just like a, an old Russell T. Davies episode. Um, it was a great throwback. Um, 
but the 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 backlash to you know using pronouns the backlash to to using pronouns to using pronouns to um the the trans storyline it reminds me a lot of what like jody had to deal with when she was the doctor again because of horrible men sorry but specifically horrible men i'm like why are you talking about this for every subject <laughs> um however i think that there wasn't much in the way of stories whenever um like Chris Chibnall decided to write something that was like, and and it didn't feel as, as high stakes. I think what's beautiful about this story is how it was such a part of it that would show representation, but it wasn't like beating you over the head with it. Yeah. It was like literally just existing. It wasn't like, here's the woke message of the week, folks. It wasn't like, like, um, it wasn't like a how like House of Usher tried to tell you stuff. Right. Yes. It was very subtle, subtle in my opinion. Um, but they also was were able to tell a story where people who don't feel represented felt like they finally had representation. Like there are so many great stories I read online of people like saying that this might save like a lot of trans youth. Like yeah. someone just seeing this and saying wow, that's how I feel. This is the story I can connect with. That's, I mean, why not have that? You know, oh no, it's horrible, like, saving people, making them... Right, like... You know, and and it, it just reminds me, like, how amazing Doctor Who can be, and it can touch people in ways that you never thought it would be, because this conservative program from the 1960s can be transformed by all these different voices and it's just it's it's amazing it's it's fantastic um uh what did you think i'm just gonna throw some questions up at you 10 out of 10 yes so yeah what did you think about the episode i loved it loved everything about it loved white wig wearing david Tennant yeah in the court for the meat and the bug guys um, Zorgoth and Zerfia or whatever, and like no notes. It was so great. I loved every character except for that kid. Yeah, I think <laughs> I don't not love that kid, but like I. They really wanted us to care about that kid in the window. They were like, "Remember that kid in the window? That kid in the window is still there. That kid is there, guys. That kid in the window." Yeah, man, that kid, which really makes me think that they're going to try to backdoor pilot him and put him somewhere, somehow, in the show. And I hope they don't do that. Um, yeah, because that, that felt really in the place. Um, so you said 10 out of 10? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to be controversial or anything like that. I would probably give it like an 8.5 or a 9 out of 10. But I loved it. I loved every single second of it. But I, is it the best Doctor Who episode ever? Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not. I really enjoyed it. Now, here's a really tough question. Out of all of the regeneration, because I'm going to count this as a regeneration story, because it's his first one afterwards. We get Rose. We get the Christmas Invasion. We get the 11th Hour. We get Deep Breath, and then The Girl Who Fell to Earth. Sorry, The Woman Who Fell to Earth. Where would you rank the Star Beast along all of the regeneration stories? Okay. Me too. Black Smiths is so good. Yeah. That's, see, that's why I said this is not a, a 10 out of me. Because I think the 11th hour is a 10 out of 10. No, but I'd say having Donna back and oh, yeah. having her family and having David Tennant, like, that's 10 out of 10. True. 10 out of 10. 10 tenants out of 10. No, I, I would definitely put it second. My ranking probably would be 11th out. Not it's important, but 11th hour, Star Beast. 
The Woman Who Fell to Earth is really good. Rose is really good. Uh, Capaldi's is, is last, probably, for me. Um, it's just, it's not a very good regeneration story, in my opinion. Um, oh, yeah, and then the Christmas Invasion. The Christmas Invasion is okay. The thing that's difficult about that it... is really sad, though. We're talking about just the regeneration one, not the... We'll talk about that last thing at the end. Uh, but I'm just talking about the story. The Christmas Invasion is when... Uh, I mean, the Doctor's asleep like 90% of the episode. <laughs> and then he swords fight with, uh, with an alien, and he's like... What does he throw? An orange at them or something? Or an apple? It's not a pear. Don't eat pears. Um, so, what else did I want to say? Some superlatives that were out there. Uh, do you think this is the last time we'll see Rose? No. You think they'll have her? Okay. Um, do you think this is the last time we'll see? No. Okay. So, yeah, well, I definitely think we'll get them at least, they'll get the, the whole noble family at least one more time. I think we're going to do one story away from Earth and one story back on Earth. I'm really curious to see how they're going to do the regeneration scene, because that's definitely coming up. Um, any other thoughts about the episode? I like the other, like, when he hears Rose for the first time. I know we touched on it, but just, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the fact that he was just, like, so gutted. And then, like, he was, like, trying to experience that and then saw Donna. Yes, yeah. Like, that is a lot to go through. No, he sees Donna first. Donna oh. calls out for Rose. Oh. Is, what? What? Oh, beautiful. We've got to mention that. Rose picked her name. Yeah. And she picked her name because she had Donna's memories, just subconsciously. Subconsciously, she also, all the creatures she designed yeah. were from the adventures that... I love the little, like, monsters in Dalek. Mm -hmm. I love uh, also the, um, the, the fact that the shed that she worked in was a makeshift TARDIS. Mm -hmm. Um... I love all the realizations. I love the callbacks. I want to buy I everything love, from this. I love that the doctor at one point, there's lots of hidden Easter eggs, but I love that the doctor at one point is talking to the science officer and goes, yeah, I was a Scotsman. Then I was, uh, no, I was, I had a bow tie. Then I was a Scotsman. And then I was a woman. I love that the psychic paper still says mistress mm -hmm. instead of um, the male master, I guess, of this or that. Um, I love that. I also think that this episode, like if someone has never seen Doctor Who before, there is a little bit of explanation, but I also think that this is not a bad jumping off point. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see like the stats of this episode, like where it ranked and like how much traffic they got. I know it trended on, when it premiered on Disney Plus on Twitter for a while. That's how I knew that it was out when we were oh, watching yeah. all the episodes. But it was, like, one of the top ones. And it wasn't just for me. It was, like, trending worldwide. So I'm I'm hoping uh, that they never stop making Doctor Who, that they do it forever. Uh, there's enough of a dedicated fan base where I don't think that they wouldn't. But, you know, it's something to always worry about. Yeah. Um, I'd say with all the remakes, everybody's making, they're probably pretty safe. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about the episode? And I feel like also, yeah. if Disney's picking it up, they're not expecting it to go anywhere. Yeah. So let's talk about that real quick. Um, there's been an interesting conversation going on on social media about what that will look like in the future, including there is talk that when they do the first ever season with, because uh, they're, they're already shooting the second season, with our new Doctor Nguti Gatwa. That's what you like to say. Uh, yeah, it means that they have so much confidence in him and the production and everything. And um, So the first season's already shot and done. My, I predicted it's coming out 
uh, end of summer, beginning of fall. Uh, do you have a prediction or? You think I'm just that's... happy to sit back and enjoy it. But I think the thing, the fact that they're already filming the second season means that we're probably, at least for the next two years, not going to go through um, what we had been going but through, I which am... is a two-year break from Doctor Who. I am saying I think the regeneration will be a Christmas episode. I, I think that they're just doing these three anniversary specials. And that third one will be the regeneration episode. I don't think that they're going to do a holiday thing this year. I could be dead wrong. I could be dead wrong. It's possible, but uh, it just—I haven't seen anything that's indicated that they would do a holiday special, and they would usually make that announcement by now. Um, so one of the things that's interesting is it looks like when they mention um, the. Dang it. You know what? You're right. You're right. I did not check this. So we're going to get three anniversary specials. Um, We're going to get Star Beast, Wild Blue Yonder, which is coming out next week, and The Giggle. That's the, the one that I almost guarantee is going to feature um, Neil Patrick Harris. What if he's a monster called The Giggle? Don't think he's gonna be a monster called the Giggle. I think he's gonna be the toy maker, who is a classic Who villain with the first Doctor. Well, don't worry, we'll get all into that when we get to that episode. So I was I was really wrong here. The so then we're gonna get a little bit of a break, and on Christmas we get an episode called The Church on Ruby Road. And so that might be the first episode. Um, which all of this has been announced, but we know that uh, Kuti Gatwa is going to be the doctor during that episode. Millie Gibson is going to be playing the character called Ruby Sunday. Um, we also know that old uh, companion Mel is going to be in it, Bonnie Langford. And that's that's about it. That's about all we know so far. Hopefully. Hopefully, I still think he's going to regenerate during the giggle, and his regeneration episode will be the Church on Ruby Road. Um, it's I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a great adventure. Um, and I think after that, everything we will get will be in 2024. Um, so you're right on that. Good job. That'll be a great Christmas present. Yeah. Get to watch some Doctor Who on Disney Plus. But yeah, one of the things I keep mentioning is I keep forgetting is there's talk that the next season, which is supposed to be season 14, when it premieres on Disney+, Plus, will go back to season one. I like that. And it's also interesting to note that Disney+, Plus does not have any of the previous, either New Who or Classic Who. No. I don't know if that will change, but it only looks like that they're starting with the anniversary specials and going forward. You can still watch all of Classic, not Classic Who, Unless you you want to go on Pluto TV, or if you have BritBox, or if you... Have a time machine and want to go watch them before they taped over them. Exactly. I think Google TV also shows them, too. Uh, they're in order, but obviously you can't pick and choose. It's just whatever's showing at the time. Um, but the the new who, from 2005 all the way through Jodie Whittaker's Doctor, is all on HBO Max. Uh, which, if you have nothing else to say about the episode, we'll get to one last bonus content, and that is uh, one of the things I just made you watch is all the regeneration scenes. Do you have a favorite, now that you've seen them all in order? Matt Smith. Matt Smith into... David Tennant into Matt Smith. David Tennant into Matt Smith? The I Don't Want to Go? Yeah. That's pretty good. And then I really liked Capaldi into Jodie Whittaker. I really like Capaldi into Jodie Whittaker. I really think my favorite, and it's not my favorite Doctor, but I think Michael my favorite. Into... Eh, that's really cheesy. Um, I really like Matt Smith into Capaldi. No, he's so mean. No, no, no. We're talking about just the scene. 
Remember we watched it on YouTube? Yeah, but... I just love... I think it's a great send-off for him. The remember the doc... I'll remember every single line when the doctor was me. The bow tie to the floor, taking bringing back wigged Karen Gillan with wigged Matt Smith. Um, I also really do like Capaldi's last speech and the hair. The that hair. Was magnificent. Um, Maybe he's going to start composing for that. Uh, it'd be cool if he comes back and directs. He had directed a couple of episodes of Torchwood, I think. So he has done it before. Um, that would be really cool. Um, so big thumbs up, super excited, can't wait for the next episode. We wish we could go on a time machine right now and get the next episode up and running. Uh, we do have a hard, uh, cut time, unfortunately, and we're running up to it. We've done four hours of who today. We have done four well, hours of who. Five hours of who. Four podcasting, one watching. Yeah. No, like, add another 20 minutes on for the regeneration scenes. Yeah, so um, I'm really excited about what the future holds for who I'm really pumped up. I can't wait for the next week. Um, and thank you guys for being on this journey with us. Hopefully uh, you caught up and watched all of who or you want to do that or this is your first episode and you want to go back. You could always, after you watch it. Doctor who from no, you. never. You can start anywhere. You can watch some. You don't have to be the world's biggest fan. You can just enjoy an episode or two casually. I don't know what that's like, but you could do it. Are you all on C? Let's, let's, uh. Geronimo! Let's Geronimo go. Goodbye.